Hey everyone, just before we get into today's show, just want to remind everyone that we're going to be doing a mailbag on Monday. So if you have any questions, maybe it's NFL related, fantasy football related, or maybe you just want to know what our favourite pizza toppings are, or what our favourite films or TV shows are as well, get in touch with us at the, the Twitter, at Full 10 Yards. Get your questions in, DMs, tweets, anything you like, and we will do something a bit different on Monday. You get to see our ugly mugs, uh, just trying to do something a bit fun. Um, so if you want to know a bit more about us, or maybe you want a bit you want to know a bit more about the NFL or maybe some fancy projections, get in touch with us and we will show answer. Now over to you, Hunter Henry. Hey, this is Hunter Henry of the LA Chargers and you're listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast. You're listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast. Welcome in, everyone. This is the full 10 yards, where every yard counts. Um, I hope you all had a nice weekend. So welcome the boys in. Lee and Rob, just going to get straight into it today, because that's just what I'm feeling like. Um, no fancy <laughs> no fancy segues, no fancy this, that, or whatever. I'm just going to go Just going to go with it today. But boys, uh, welcome you in. Uh, Lee, good weekend? Yeah, yeah, really good, actually. Yeah, really busy bank holiday weekend. Um, went up to London for a bit. Had had friends over from Oxford, so yeah, no, it's good. Yeah, I was I was down I was down south as well. Met the boy, um, met the boys, met the uh, Adam from Five Yard Rush. It was good to meet up with him, play a couple of games, a couple of legs of darts. I, I did I did us proud boys. I won, I won, I won the. Uh, I think I won three one, three one. So yeah, got that one in there. Uh, but I don't I don't miss the M twenty five. That is uh, that is for sure. <laughs> that was that was delightful on a bank holiday. Uh, Rob, welcome you in as well. How's your weekend? Yeah, good. Uh, just goes to show that ten yards is better than five yards. Um, you know, we're we're better than everything. So. Uh, no, the five yard rush boys—they're they're brilliant. Um, so yeah, good. Uh, glad you met up with them. Uh, yeah, I had a I had a busy weekend. I host a golf tournament uh, every May bank holiday. So well, the last holiday. So every year, and I <coughs> first time uh, this year. So uh, yeah, I am one hundred and twenty pounds richer after a good golf day. Happy days. Well played. Well played. That is is always good. Uh, Yep, good uh, good show in front of us here today. Our main segment is going to be looking at some second-year players and whether we think they'll be on the uptick or the downturn. Uh, We we, we called that, was it sophomore or softless? Yeah, the brain keeps on ticking. But before we do that, uh, we have a couple of bits of news and notes. It's a bit slow at the moment. It's Memorial Day on Monday, wasn't it? And uh, pretty much a slow time in the NFL. So but a few uh, tidbits to get through. Second down, obviously, will be the second year players. Third down, we have uh, Sam Farley from Head on a Swivel podcast looking to try and better Simon from the collapsing pocket in the full 10 questions. And then we round off with a special interview uh, with Nan Wang, from uh, this, who's the CEO of Sleeper. Um, who are trying to muscle their way into the, uh, could say, somewhat saturated market of fantasy football, but maybe not necessarily over this side of the pond. But yeah, get a, get a bit of insight into how you know what went into Sleeper, what goes into the day-to-day running, and what they're looking to do, and why they, and why they they are, they are doing it. So you can enjoy that one on fourth <laughs> down. But um, I suppose uh, with, with that all being said, let's get into first down. First down. Okay, so just a couple of bits of news and say the most exciting bit of news on NFL.com is about, uh, was it Chris Harris, Lee, wasn't it? Yeah, he signed a new contract um, and then he wants to be the best paid wide receiver because uh, I think he's done the one-year deal and then he wants to be wide um, receiver? the best paid wide receiver. Um, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't take long. Position change. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, best paid cornerback uh, in the NFL <laughs> when he <laughs> signs another deal next year. 
Yeah, there you go. And that, that probably just shows you how much news is going on because they're doing that is the uh, top story at the moment. So Yeah, um, you're getting me to talk about a Denver player. Yeah, it's terrible, isn't it? <laughs> um, but yeah, but Rob, I suppose the, the more big, the big, the bigger news to, to break is uh, you've, you've finished your rankings? Massive news. Yes, I have finished my rankings. 367 players, 52 hours later, uh, finally got them done. So, yes, that's taken up uh, the majority of my social life for the last couple of weeks. Um, but I promised the listeners it would be up by this podcast. And it's, it's literally, I've got the website in front of me and I've just loaded it up. It's ready to go. So by the time this is live, my rankings will be live there. My first stat-based projections for the season so go check it out um, i'll give you a little teaser everyone wants to know who is uh, your 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 rank number one in all, all positions but i'll give you my rank number two in all positions so that'll leave you guessing <laughs> to who i've got number one uh, my my second quarterback is is deshaun watson um, my second running back is uh Saquon Barkley, second wide receiver, DeAndre Hopkins, and second tight end, Zach Ertz. So go on the website and uh, do check out my rankings, see who I've got number one. Uh, there are some anomalies in there. I'm gonna. It's going to be an eye-opener. There are some players that you would not expect to be as high or as low as they are. Um, AJ Green, for example, is my wide receiver 27 at the moment. Um, so yeah, uh, it's it's good to go, and uh, that'll be exciting to see. And it'll be updated every month from now until the season starts as well, because uh, obviously things change on a daily basis in the NFL. So, so yeah, uh, keep keep your eyes peeled for that. Yeah, absolutely, just, I, just I, not I, at the moment because there's no news. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> That reminds me, actually, I still need to put our power rankings up on the website somewhere and post that out and um, no doubt start uh, start an argument somewhere with someone, but uh, that's what Twitter's for. Absolutely, that's what we're all about. Yeah, that's it, that is it. That's what social um, media's for. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Twitter beef. Twitter beef. That's what we're all about. <laughs> Twitter beef, even 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 uh, suitable for vegetarians. Well, exactly. it has to be if I want to get involved. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, a couple of things just to just to let you know before we get in two second down. Articles are coming thick and fast on the full ten yards uh, front. If you like, pick it apart. Come into the business end there. Was it Josh Jacobs today, Lee? Wasn't it? That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Quite a, a mixed bag, I would say, for Josh Jacobs and the Raiders from that pick from me. So yeah, um, yeah. Go over and read it and tell me how you think I did. Yeah, and for Rob, obviously the more fantasy orientated uh, Lawrence putting up a, 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 at NFL fan in England putting up some some corking uh, some corking efforts there. Yeah, he's, he's a cracking writer, Lawrence is, and he's, he's yeah he's put up uh, two articles. Um, and as we now move into OTAs and training camps just around the corner, uh, the fantasy sort of train will start chugging along now. Um, now I've finished my rankings, I'm going to get busy. I'm actually going to do uh, an article every week explaining my rankings. So, like I said, there'll probably be an article of why I'm so low on AJ Green, uh, for example, or, or an article of why I'm so high on Deshaun Watson. There we go. So... Um, yeah, they'll be they'll start coming out soon, so you'll be able to see them on the fantasy page of our website. Absolutely, that's for ten yardscom as well. Don't forget, uh, last day or two tomorrow, uh, which is will be was it Thursday? Thursday will be the end of the competition to win a terrible towel and an American football wash bag. So uh, head over to uh, the Twitter at full ten yards where you can find the, the pin to. He's got the cough. He's it's me, sorry. It's me. No, sick note over there. Sick note. Yeah. <laughs> we know it. Darren Anderson. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, competition to win a terrible towel and an American football wash bag. Head over to our full 10 yards on the Twitter to find out how you can do that. Pin tweet. Uh, essentially, all you have to do is retweet that tweet and join us on Telegram, our new service, where you can get all the uh, all the latest up to do up to date information about all everything full ten yards articles, podcasts, and all the rest of it. And also special interview on Friday. Lee was a was a was a fun chat with Nat Coombs, wasn't it? Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, I advise everyone to do it. when we release that to just go over and, and listen to it. It's really fun just to get insight into Nat's career, what he's into, and uh, a few other little questions just uh, that are a bit off the wall. Absolutely. And yeah, any darts fans as well uh, out there? Darts uh, fans need to tune in. Yeah, definitely. darts fans definitely need to, <laughs> definitely need to tune in. Uh, a bit of a teaser there for you. Uh, but that pretty much wraps us up for first down. A couple of, couple of yardage there, but we can do get bigger, bigger yards per carry on, on second down there. So it's time for second down. Second down. <coughs> Should go and see a doctor about that cough. Um, second down <laughs> here on the Full 10 Yards podcast. We're talking about second-year players. We're going to call it sophomore or soft-less because I am a genius. Um, yeah, we've picked a, picked one player out from each skill position, quarterback, or running back, wide receiver, and tight end, just to give you kind of maybe what they did last season, what their fantasy prospects are looking maybe, and whether we think there'll be an uptick or a downturn in their production in 2019. So I'll start us off. Uh, I've gone with Sam Darnold at quarterback, obviously uh, number three pick in last year's draft. Jets trading up, uh, not... not Knowing that they were going to get him, of course, but quarterback uh, uh, out of USC, uh, 13 games started last season. Uh, I think he missed last through the foot injury, if I remember correctly. Um, I, I, as as the season went on, he he got better and better. Um, he had some horrendous in, interceptions in there, though. Uh, in in some games, uh, ended up 57% completion percentage, 17 touchdowns, 15 interceptions all told, and five fumbles. Like I say, some of those were horrific. Um, but five games, only just only five games with multiple passing touchdowns, uh, and only six games actually over two hundred passing yards. So I called him maybe Dak Prescott two point um, <laughs> I know, I know that was that'd be a stat where your ears picked up, Lee, with the, the old two hundred <laughs> yeah, the two hundred passing yards. So yeah, don't come, don't come at me with Dak Prescott. <laughs> I just shoved Sam Darnold back in your face. But uh, yeah, no, um, three of the last five games though were were, were over two hundred passing yards. So you could see as as the season progressed. Um, you know, he he's the game maybe slowed down a little bit, little bit, and he took a few more uh, shots downfield. Um, had some impressive games against Houston and Green Bay at home. They were blowouts, so maybe it was a case of padding the stats out a little bit. But uh, against Houston, uh, 24 of 38, 253 and 2. And Green Bay, 24 of 35, over 340 yards and three touchdowns as well. So um, many expecting him to, to take a good step forward in, in 2019. I think he will. Um, I think the signing of Jameson Crowder is a bit under, undervalued, in my opinion. Uh, and like I say, I think another tell that uh, the game slowed down a bit for him as the season progressed uh, towards the back end was that his, his, his Robbie Anderson's production went up as well. He's obviously the downfield threat. Um, so it'd be, be interesting to see uh, whether or not he, he goes back to you know Quincy and um and, and Jameson Crowder, who they signed from, from Washington. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm also a bit worried about Adam Gase. He's not the quarterback whisperer for me. I think he's just a twat. So... <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Fantastic. Ho- hopefully, uh, he can't. He doesn't restrict Sam Donald too much and try and um, fit maybe square pegs in circle holes. But uh, yeah, Sam Donald expecting not not great things, but certainly uh, would, wouldn't be remiss to, to expect a step forward there for Sam Donald. Any 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 Sam Donald love in your rankings, Rob? Uh, yeah, he's, he's he's definitely on an upswing for me. I, I think. 
the weapons that he've, he's got, he's not really got an outstanding weapon except from Le'Veon Bell, who obviously you're going to expect to to up that receiving game from uh, productivity from the running backs. Um, but Quincy Enunwa, Jameson Crowder, they're kind of averagely good. I think, yeah. like you said, I think it is a bit underrated that Jameson Crowder because he is a bit of a target monster. So I think that'll work out well. So yeah, I've got Sam Darnold sort of uh, just over three and a half thousand passing yards, 26 touchdowns. Um, Le'Veon Bell makes a big difference for me. Um, and Robbie Anson just touching on him because last season it took them a while to get some sort of camaraderie, but they did at the end. And uh, that, that worked out really well. So it'll be interesting to see how that moves forward. I think it took a little while for him to bet in. But yeah, this season, I think he's, he's going to get, get better. But yeah, I do share your opinion on Adam Gase. I am worried that he is a bit of a train wreck. And I wonder what is that effect's going to that what effects that going to have on, on, on the Jets. Um, it'll be interesting to see how, how it all pans out. But yeah, I definitely think Sam Donald is going to have a better season. Yeah, and I think as well, I think with Lev Bell being there, I think there's one thing that will go up is certainly the uh, completion percentage there. So it'd be interesting mm. to see what they do yeah. there. But, uh, yeah, for sure. Let's, uh, let's move on. So someone's who, completion percentage who probably needs to rise at this season is Lamar Jackson, Rob. Look at that for a segue, professional. <laughs> you are a pro at this, I must admit. Um, very good. Uh, yes, uh, Lamar Jackson. Everyone knows my love for for Miles Boykin, and I do think he makes a difference. I've said that more over and over and over again. I sound like a broken record. Um, Marquise Brown, obviously, again, uh, first wide receiver in the draft. Uh, question marks on his availability for the start of the season, but he's a guy that can stretch the field. Uh, Mark Ingram, Justice Hill, Gus Edwards, good options for him to, for dump-offs. Um, and, yeah, I, I had a discussion with my best friend, uh, Marcus, who's listening. Hello, Marcus. Uh, he's a big Baltimore fan, and... I do agree with him. He said that Lamar Jackson can throw the ball. There's a big sort of negative cloud at the moment over Lamar Jackson and his throne, but it's not horrendous. No. And it, it, last year, you've got to look at the weapons. He didn't have any weapons that made him any better in the passing game. So this year, like I said, they've added those few players in. Um, a bit more clarity at the tight end position. I know they've got a lot of tight ends, but... Um, Max Williams is gone. So I think Mark Andrews is going to step up in the tight end position. He's a bit of a sleeper for me in fantasy football, Mark Andrews is, because I think he can be a guy, again, short dump-offs over the middle. Uh, Lamar Jackson probably isn't going to be throwing like Josh Allen 80 yards down the field, but you've got players around him that can pick the ball up sort of eight, 10 yards out from the line of scrimmage and take it down the field. So that, for me, is where Lamar Jackson is going to get better. Um, and the rush yards, I mean, I've got him down for 790 rushing yards. I mean, that's crazy, but it can definitely happen. I wouldn't be surprised if Lamar Jackson is, you know, he, you could start, you could put him in the running back position this year um, and he'll be fairly productive for you in fantasy football. So, yeah, for me, Lamar Jackson, uh, this is the year where he... You know, we'll see what he does with weapons, and mm. I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be much better than last year. Yeah, I found it, found it quite interesting actually. I think there's a quote coming out the other day saying that he wasn't uh, he wasn't expecting a new offense to be installed or something. Something should be, but so that was a that was quite interesting. Um, yeah, Lamar Jackson. I think he was uh, he was a quarterback that uh, Lawrence covered in his article as well. So I think he had a very much a very much a bolder prediction uh, than yours mm. in terms of rushing. So go and check that out. Nice little tease. Uh, talk, to, moving on, Lee, you've gone for the number one pick overall in last year's draft, Baker Mayfield. Yeah, 
certainly. Yeah, he's my guy. He's my guy. So I have to have to give him some love. Um, yeah, no, I think Baker's going to have a better season. He had a good season anyway. That's not to say that he didn't. Um, he's definitely going to be on the rise. His stats will just get a get a boost just because he's going to start all sixteen games. You know, injury permitting, obviously. Yes, yeah. so he had to sit for a couple of games. I think it was at the start of the season before taking over from Tyrod Taylor against the Jets. Um, so obviously he's going to get he's going to get uh, more yards for that. I mean, he threw for just over 3,700 yards last year. So obviously if you add on a couple more games to that, you know, we're looking at, we're looking at over 4,000 yards comfortably. So I think, you know, we can, we can sort of look a little bit north of that as well and sort of, you know, he's got more weapons now. So I think you can start to look towards the top echelon. You know, we're going to see an offensive coordinator coming in, Todd Munkin, who was in the Tampa Bay, he was Tampa Bay OC beforehand. And, you know, Tampa Bay have been a bad team, but the, the problems never been on offense. The problems always been on the defense. You know, um, when we saw Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, we can see how potent that offense can be, and James Winston at times. So yeah, no, I think with uh, with Freddie Kitchens, Todd Monk can make Mayfield, and then obviously you know, old old Beckham Jr. Um, and yeah, so I think with with all that mixed together and a better defense, I think Cleveland on the rise, and therefore Baker is as well. Mm. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if there's an uptick in feeling dangerous as well next season. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, be interesting to see what Baker has got in the oven for us. And hey, moving on, um, Kerry on Johnson, <laughs> running back out of Auburn, uh, second round pick, fourth, forty third overall. Uh, Detroit Lions moving up, I think, to go and get him. If I remember correctly, um, I think he will he will carry on where he left off last season. Oh, you've got to stop. You've got to stop. You're too good at this, Tim. <laughs> uh, just the 10 games for Kieran Johnson last season. Uh, took a, a little bit of time to bed in as well. First couple of games, really non, non-factors non there with LeGarrette Blunt. But uh, two games over 100 yards. Obviously, he was the first Detroit player in 70 games uh, since Reggie Bush um, to, to rush for over 100 yards in a single game. That was his third game as a Detroit Lion. Um, I think he'd have been quite devastated to uh, to get injured last season. Uh, pretty, you know, say, costing the last six games. Uh, did average five point four yard five point four easy for me to say four five five east five four. Um, <laughs> <laughs> average five point four three yards per carry. Um, One hundred eighteen attempts, six hundred forty one yards, and three touchdowns. And thirty two receptions also was quite high from from uh, what I remember. I know, I know it's only thirty two receptions, but that's what three a game. Uh, great maths. 213 yards and a, and a touchdown. Um, not too not too worried about uh, CJ Anderson. I think he'll he'll be more of an insurance policy rather than uh, than a, than a committee. I know some people maybe have different different opinions on that as well. But um, you know, the thing the thing that worries me about Kieran, I think he'll have a good season next 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 season. But um, yeah, I'm worried his his good games last season come against poor rush defenses. You know, Miami, New England, and in Carolina, they weren't good against the run last season. So, um, you know, against the good rush defenses, didn't have a great game. But uh, might also be baked into the fact that Detroit weren't ahead in many games last season. Um, so it'd be interesting to see. You know, game script um, f- could kill someone like Kerry on Johnson. But um, the thing that does the, the thirty-two receptions from the, from the ten games last season does kind of give me a bit of hope that you know he could be on the field for the majority of downs. I'm not going to say he's a three-down workhorse, but um, certainly if you're if you're in fantasy leagues uh, and you're you've missed the, the workhorses at the start of the first round, Kerry on Johnson in the third fourth round is is certainly appealing uh, to, to someone like myself. Uh, anyone any love for Kerry on this season? Oh, love, 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 love Kerry on Johnson this this season. Um, I think the only person who loves Kerry on Johnson more than me is probably you and and Jason Moore from the Fantasy Footballers. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I was um, 
I was slightly turned on when I read the Sleeperbot app the other day when it said, um, <coughs> trying to find it now as we speak, um, it was something about uh, one of the coaches was saying how they are a run first team. And I was just like, yes, that means carry on is getting everything. Because last year, as you said, Le, um, Le Blunt was just sniping everywhere on the goal line. I don't think CJ Anderson, despite CJ Anderson having some goal line work, I don't think he's going to take it as much as Blunt did. Obviously, Patricia and Blunt are probably in a relationship by now. Um, I haven't checked the Facebook status, uh, but obviously from the time in, in, in at the Pats. So the big reason behind that. Now it's all carry on. He's had the year. It's going to go from strength to strength. Running team. That's where it's going to go through, and I'm very excited for that. And also, we're agreeing a lot today, which is which is strange, but uh, but definitely carry on. Lee, Lee, are you are you sharing the love? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like yes. carry on. Yes, yeah. It's full house for us. Yeah, I mean, the thing that worries me about Kieran is, yeah, there might be a running team, but if you're fourteen, you're fourteen points in the, you know, in the in a black hole, you're not going to be running the ball, are you? But that's why I'm saying he, he saved sure. a bit. He, he saved a bit by the the catching uh, catching ability there. So that's not, yeah. But they've they've only really got Golladay, Jones, and Amendola uh, out wide. They haven't really got much at tight. I know they they signed T.J. Hawkinson, but rookie tight ends don't tend to do a lot. So. Then you're looking at, yeah, carry on Johnson and Theo Riddick are probably going to be utilised over the middle. So, yeah, love it. Fair enough. Okay. Well, Rob, you're going to have to sell me on this one. Uh, Philip Lindsay. I'm not doing any selling because I am down on Philip Lindsay. Um, I I just think that it's, it's more a fact that his season last season, I don't think he'll be able to repeat it. Um, I think that... Um, Royce Freeman is going to have a lot more work this year. <coughs> uh, I don't particularly like Denver in general this season. I think they're a team that's kind of building at the moment. So, uh, yeah, he clipped 1,000 yards last year, 1,037 um, off, off 192. I mean, that's cracking statistics, 5.4 yards per carry. You can't argue with that, but I don't think he can repeat it. I think he's going to get figured out. I think there's going to be less work there, um, more for Royce Freeman. So, yeah, I, I think it's it's more of a fact that I don't particularly hate Philip Lindsay, but I just don't think he'll be as good as last season. Yeah, Philip Lindsay, obviously, uh, undrafted free agent. Uh, I think he was the first undrafted free agent to rush for a 1,000 yards since someone. Um, which is uh, it was Alfred Morris. <laughs> that's that's quite a, that's quite quite a, a statement from me, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> <laughs> it really was. Yeah, it, it was Alfred Morris, though. There yeah, you go, Alfred Morris, Alfredo Sauce himself. Um, some good stories about Alfred Morris, but that's for another time. Uh, Lee, tell us all about Jalen Samuels. Yeah, I think Jalen Samuels is on the rise. Um, one of the riser for me. Um, it's kind of a little bit similar to what Rob was saying about um, Philip Lindsay. I don't think James Connor will have quite as good a season as he did. Uh, obviously had a great season, sort of on the back of Le'Veon Bell, sort of sitting out and sort of having everything to himself. John Samuel sort of had to cut himself out a nice role, especially in receiving, caught three touchdowns, had a few yards, uh, 7.7 7 yards pot uh, for, well, per catch. Um, but I think he's going to be a bit more of that because he's going to be, he can line up, he's really versatile, he can line up at tight end as well, he can rush, he can receive, he can move them all over. Um, so yeah, I think he's going to be that jack of all trades and he'll benefit on the ground for, from no Le'Veon Bell, obviously, and I don't think that James Conner will have a good, good, as good a season as he did, as I've said. And then the other factor is they drafted um, Benny Snell, who is like a big sort of short yardage back. So he's not going to cut into James Samuel's time, possibly more into James Conner's time. Um, and James Conner doesn't have that versatility as well. So yeah, no, I'm, I'm high on James Samuel's for the Steelers this year. There you go. Not, not a name... Uh... 
can't say I share I share that with you, but um, maybe we can all share a bit of love for the for the D, the DJ hitting the tunes. DJ Moore, um, wide receiver out of Maryland's twenty fourth pick overall uh, overall last year in the draft. Um, <clears throat> different different opinions really on on, <clears throat> on his uh, season last season. Fifty five receptions, seven hundred eighty eight uh, yards, two touchdowns. Um, <coughs> Lee, I've got your cough. 13, oh, sorry, man. <laughs> 13 rushes. I'll get it too. 13 rushes for 172 yards. Um, I think it's more upside here for DJ Moore. Uh, I know you've got Curtis Samuel there as well, but uh, potential for wide, wide receiver one there with, with DJ Moore. They made a made a, a point of getting him involved in the offense. I know Christian McCaffrey is going to be the, the highest uh, the highest targets, highest receptions on, on that team as well. But DJ Moore, I think... Um, there's a lot of promising work he, he did in, in year one there, uh, and I think he can make a big step forward as well. Um, you know, maybe a slight slight flag there with Cam Newton and his shoulder and, and all the rest of it, so that's a, a bit of a concern. But even even that being said, I think with the DJ Moore's skill set, I think he's kind of quarterback-proof a little bit in terms of what he does, where he can be, where he'll catch the ball. Cause then also, again, 13, 13 rushes isn't isn't a bad uh, bad total for a year one for, for a rookie uh, as well. But yeah, and no, I really like DJ Moore this year. Um I've had a couple of people sniffing around him in, in Dynasty League, um, but I just can't pull the trigger on, on letting him go. I just, just feel that some, maybe something uh, something big is, is is brewing over there in Carolina. Um, yeah, any 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 DJ more love? Anyone love the tunes? Uh, the the Panthers are a bit of a team that just don't really move the needle for me, to be right. honest. Um, you know, and yeah, North, like you said, might be the wide receiver one. Uh, so yeah, the, the road is clear, but I just find it difficult to get excited about Cam Newton. I yeah. think I share Rob's sentiment of last week. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, like you say, the, the number one is going to be Christy McCaffrey, both in the air and on the ground. So he's kind of dominant. Yeah. I think, it, it, yeah, it's Cam Newton's alarm bells for me. Um, I, I do, however, have DJ Moore uh, with. 10 more targets uh, than last year at 65 and uh, slightly more yards, 856. Uh, it's the touchdowns, which for me go up. It's from two to five. So I think he, he will be relevant. He will be um, kind of a, a good wide receiver too, but I don't think he's going to move mountains. I don't think he's going to break a thousand yards. Um, I think he's going to be a steady player. One that is, yeah, he's going to get you fantasy points. It's going to be nice to watch um, on a Sunday night on red zone. But I don't think he's going to be a super superstar just yet. No, absolutely not. A guy that I am looking forward to to watching next year, Rob. You've got San Francisco wide receiver Dante Pettis. Oh yeah, I love me some Dante Pettis this year. Um, I, I like the San Francisco 49ers to have a a much better season. And I um, was it you, Tim, that was uh, against that take last week? Um, but I, I think that they do have a better season. I think Jimmy Garoppolo uh, is is going to take that team to the next level, and Dante Pettis is going to be his guy. Um, I have got him slated down for just shy of a thousand yards uh, with seven touchdowns. I think he's going to see the red zone um, with George Kittle. I think those two are going to be the, the the two out out and out um, red zone targets. Um, so yeah, Dante Pettis for me uh, takes a big leap uh, and and becomes very relevant in the NFL. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, San Francisco top 10 pick in 2020. Lee, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's move on to uh, Denver wide receiver, another one, uh, another team that could be maybe picking top 10 next season. Uh, Cortland Sutton. Yeah, I like Cortland Sutton. Um, I didn't last year. I'll, put, I'll hold my hands up. Um, I did not like him coming out of um, SMU. I thought he was super raw, um, but he seems to have sort of grasped being in the NFL and being an NFL wide receiver much quicker than I thought he would. He had a decent season last year. You know, got 72, oh, sorry, not 72, 700 uh, yards just over and four touchdowns. I 
think those two numbers are something that can get better. And I think one thing that I, when I was sort of looking through for Colton Sutton or just looking for candidates for this little section, um, one thing that really stood out to me was his catch rate. His catch rate was only 50%. And I think in, in second year, I think that can go up, you know, 10, 20%, maybe not 20, that's a bit too much, uh, you know, 10 or so percent. And, you know, that can mean more yards. Because I think he's the bona fide number one receiver there in Denver at the moment. Mm. Uh, they obviously invested quite a lot in the draft last year in Deshaun Hamilton. They brought in Tim Patrick as well as an undrafted free agent. And then they didn't really do anything this year. They, they drafted Javon Wintry in the sixth round. So, you know, they've got Emmanuel Sanders and Colton Sutton, Deshaun Hamilton work out the slot and maybe Tim Patrick with their fourth receiver. So I think, the you know, the, the, the road is clear for a big season for Colton Sutton. Mm. Yeah, be interesting to see what Emmanuel Sanders does coming back as well. Mm, yeah, exactly. I, I don't disagree, Lee. I think Courtney Sutton will be the number one receiver in Denver. But productivity-wise, I, I love Deshaun, ha- uh, Deshaun Hamilton. Um, mm. I, I think he's going to step up and be a big piece for them this year. So I, I just wonder uh, if he's going to take some of the looks away from Courtney Sutton. Uh, the only thing that worries about, about Courtney Sutton is the, the catch percentage. It's, it's not high. I think he was around about the 50% mark last yeah. year. Um, <laughs> it's a good thing you were listening. I just said. <laughs> oh, did you? I'm sorry. <laughs> I was. You know what? I was trying to find the stat page as you were talking. Like I need to find out what I've got to do on Hamilton down. Um, so, yes, uh, um yeah, that's, that's the worry for me. Um, but yeah, Deshaun Hamilton is, is a guy that I, I think you've got to be wary of. Uh, but no, I, I do agree. Courtney Sutton <laughs> is the wide receiver one in Denver. Um, will Joe Flacco be able to find him enough to make him sort of a, a, a big wide receiver one? Mm. What do you reckon? I mean, it, I don't think he's going to be like a, a superstar or anything like that in year two. I just think he'll have a better mm. season than, than last yeah. year. Um, and I think it'll be a slow uptick. And then obviously he can start to build a little bit of chemistry with Drew Locke in his rookie season, maybe not yeah. on the field, on the practice field, perhaps. And then obviously once he sort of uh, becomes a starter in however long that might be, that could be a nice sort of, I always talk about like why receivers and quarterbacks growing up together. And it could be, it could be mm-hmm. one of those marriages that we could see sort of be a happy one for quite a while. Yep. Can't argue with that. Fair enough. Okay, let's move on to the tight end position. And so I took, I had Sam Darnold at quarterback. I'm now going for his tight end, Chris Herndon, sent, uh, fourth round pick, 107th overall uh, tight end out of Miami. Um, just the 39 receptions for 502 yards and four touchdowns last season. Uh, 70% catch rate, which isn't too shabby. Um, three out of his six games, I think, towards the end of the season were over five targets as well. So, um, again, I, I think that's more, that coincides more with Sam Darnold's... Um, uh, wanting to throw the uh, comfortable um, comfort with with throwing the ball a bit more further downfield and the game slowing down, so uh, I think he he's going to be a viable option a bit later on in in drafts for people that don't maybe take one early and and wait on or going to stream the uh, position, which yeah. always comes with a with a health warming or a hazard, doesn't it as, as well? So um, yeah, Chris Herndon, I say he's not going to cost you very much. I think he could uh, be a nice a nice have a nice connection there with with Sam Donald. And I say for for someone who for come on last season, you know he's not going to he's going to fly under quite a few radars still. I, I think as well. I know a guy in our dynasty uh, absolutely loves him still, but and I can't get him for very cheap. But um, he's a guy you can pick up for for pr- pretty much pennies uh, considering the the tight end landscape. Um, more of a Vance McDonald guy at the, that kind of end of the draft. But uh, yeah, Chris Herndon should have himself a decent uptick in receptions and yardage uh, maybe not so much yardage but you know 500, 502 yards for, for a rookie season uh, even for a tight end isn't too bad as well and we yep. all know how rookie tight ends struggled to, to get hit the ground running but Chris Herndon done that uh, towards the back end of last season 
and they they must love him as well because they they obviously turfed out Jordan Leggett to um, to Tampa Bay, so uh, they must have confidence in in him being the guy. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I like Chris Hendon definitely. Mm. Yeah. yeah, no, me too. Yeah. Uh, question is, Rob, do you like Mike Kosicki? I do like Mike Kosicki. I think he came out last year as the the sort of the out and out number one a tight end in the draft. Um, don't ask me where he's drafted because I didn't do that much research. <laughs> um, but uh, I think yeah, he, look, he's in a I can't say that word. He's in a dog crap team um, in Miami who we've all got slated down to be the worst team in the league. Um, we've, we've got uh, Josh Rosen as the worst uh, quarterback in the league potentially this year or uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. They're, they're going to be down in, in the in the lower sections, let's put it that way. Um, there's not a hell of a lot of talent on that team, but Mike Jusicki could just be the light at the end of the tunnel for Miami. And I think that um, if the, whoever the quarterback is, I think it's going to be Rosen, just putting my two pence in there. Um, if, if he can strike up some sort of a rapport across the middle with, with Mike Jusicki, they, they might find that he's actually a pretty good player. So, um, so yeah, I think, he's, uh, I think he's going to get better from last year, put it this way. I think he's going to become fantasy relevant in deep leagues. Mm. Indeed. Okay, the question is, Lee, is it the same for Dallas Goddard? Yeah, I believe so. Um, I think Dallas Goddard will be a big part of the Philly offence. Um, Philadelphia run a lot of 12 personnel, which obviously means two tight ends on the field, which obviously when you've got a compatriot as good as Zach Ertz as a tight end, it's quite good that they run quite a lot of two pers- uh, 12 personnel, otherwise you will not really see the field. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they discovered this sort of quite late on in the season, um, and Ertz will obviously take away quite a lot of the attention as well, as well as the wide receiver that they invested in who I think were all quite high on in JJ Arcega Whiteside friend of the pod right. and obviously they've got Deshaun Hamilton as well so he'll be taking the top off the defences and letting the tight ends work underneath Deshaun Jackson yeah I think just, what did I say Deshaun Hamilton Deshaun, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry I kind of as soon as you said it I was like oh yeah I did say that didn't I <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah Deshaun Jackson uh, pardon me uh, will be taking the top off the defence and allowing Goddard and Ertz to work under the under the middle um, and yeah so I think he the arrows are all pointing up for Dallas Goddard I agree. I, th- I think that um, they've mentioned in the offseason, I think Nelson Aguilar is pretty much done now in Philadelphia by the sounds of it. I think they tried to trade him away. Um, he's obviously the slot guy. I think that opens up the field for Dallas Scollett to, to, to potentially be that guy. Um, and yeah, they're potent going um, on, on offense, Philadelphia. And, and yeah, it's like you said, across from Zach Ertz as well, that could be a very, very nice one two punch at the tight end position. Arguably the strongest team at tight end this year um, so yeah I lo- lo- love that to take Lee Philly are going to be a red zone monster this year obviously they've got mm-hmm. we've got the two guys that we just mentioned Ertz and Goddard they've got Alshon Jeffrey Jesse Hansega Whiteside they're all massive Matt Collins is massive they're yeah. just going to be a red zone machine and they've got a great offensive mm-hmm. line then they've got John Howard's pound in from short distance yeah, and Miles Sanders <laughs> yeah Miles Sanders as well yeah, so yeah. Like, uh, in the red zone if you're playing Philadelphia yeah they're going to be good this year I think no not having it <laughs> they put it this way they, they, they're definitely going to be better than Dallas uh, oh, I, didn't, I didn't want to go there I'm quite happy I'm quite happy to tongue. wager I'm quite happy to when wager you, on the on the, uh, on the on the difference on that when are you going to put the power rankings up on the website because I need to change some stuff around here <laughs> uh. <laughs> no shock there after last week no. uh, I'll, I'll, I'll actually I, I just looked I've got them above them anyway so you know 
Dallas, Dallas win that division this year. Anyway, moving on. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, no, no doubt. We're, um, no doubt that we will put some articles up over the, over the course of the summer on, on some second year players as well. But there's just a bit of a flavour at all the skill positions there on what they what they've done, what we think they can do, and uh, and you know, what we expect in 2019. Maybe for a bit of fantasy and obviously in real life as well. We, who's laughing? I can. I've just logged onto the sheet to see where um, <laughs> I can see Rob changed it live on my phone. <laughs> so just yeah. hear me laugh. Top ten Sorry. team, Dallas. Top ten team. Not anymore. Actually, they are. I'll put them at ten. Philadelphia at nine. I think I've got them at ten actually. I've got them at nine, and I've got the Cowboys at fifteen. Well, yeah, but you just hate the Cowboys, so I don't care. I don't. I don't. You I do. You don't. absolutely hate them. You've got Philadelphia at eight, Tim. Yeah. And because of the coaching, so because of the coaching. <laughs> well, there you go. So, so that means Dallas are what the fourth best team in that division now. This is getting saucy over here. Yeah, no, I, I'm obviously joking because <laughs> the New York Giants are are rubbish. <laughs> Doesn't matter, boys. Super Bowl run is on route. Don't worry. Don't don't you worry. <laughs> Um, I it, joke, it, I joke. I'm actually quite high on the Cowboys, as you know from last week's show. So, yeah, Lee, uh, Lee's I'm got all the hate. You and your ribs here, Tim. Yeah, I mean, if you if you two didn't support such good teams, maybe uh, I'd think of a, <laughs> I think of a, think of a wager. But yeah, I could I can see all three of us getting to double double digit wins this season. But there we go. Yeah, it'd be really good actually. At the end of the season, it, um, I I can see all three of us being in the playoffs. So it could be quite tense between us. Actually, quite, it'd be yeah. quite, really good. Yeah, you know, we've got our we've got a week one matchup, Rob, and then it could be later on in the season it could be a repeat. Yeah, definitely. I'm up for that. I think it'll be a really good game to watch. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I agree. There good teams. Go. There we go. All those all those second year players involved as well. Look, circling back like a pro. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> like a pro. Um, hopefully, hopefully Dallas Goddard doesn't do too much. But anyway, uh, we shall move on. Uh, yeah, so that's, uh, that's second year players. Like I say, we'll get some articles out over the summer, no doubt, on uh, on ups and downs for those second year players. But it's time now to move on to third down. And Sam from Head on the Swivel podcast pits his wits against the full ten questions. Third down time here on the full 10 yards. It's, of course, the quiz. And a couple of people left to whittle down. And on today's, today's contestant is Sam Foley from the Head on, on a Swivel podcast. Sam, welcome you back in. Hello. Glad to be here. Uh, obviously, you, know, you, you were one of the 8 out of 10 guys uh, from last time around. The current uh, the current leaderboard is 8 out of 10 in 1 minute 31. We're obviously adding a time element to this one. Uh, do, do you reckon you can better that? Oh, I'm a little nervous. If I'm honest, I was I was quite lucky last time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, we see we see how the the questions uh, the questions fare uh, this time around. Just before we get into it, obviously, uh, you you are one of the guys on the Head on the Swivel podcast. Uh, do you want to just tell them how they can get you on social media and what you're all about? Yeah, so sure. It's at HOAS Podcast. You can find us on Facebook, Insta, uh, Twitter, and basically, yeah, we're kind of similar to you, I guess. But have a kind of British twist on the NFL. Um, we've got lots of stuff lined up for the new season, so looking forward to that. Lovely stuff, lovely stuff, and uh, you're, you're at Farley Rights as well as, on, on, as a, a personal. Yep, yeah, that, that's me at Farley Rights on uh, Twitter. Right, yeah. Well, if Farley can write, but can he answer some NFL questions? We we <laughs> shall very much see. So, like I say, we're against you. You're in, against the clock this time around, just in case we have a a tie at the top. And um, but same same format, ten questions. Uh, so you and we'll go through them all at the end. Are you ready, Sam? Uh, ready as I'll ever be, I think. 
<laughs> Fair enough. I will start the I will start the timer when I start the first question. I will shall lead you in. Three, two, one. Question one: Which team plays their home games at Soldier Field? Soldier Field, uh, Chicago Bears. Who is the current head coach of the Atlanta Falcons? Oh skip 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 uh, what number does a Denver Broncos wide receiver Emmanuel Sanders wear oh my word um, 18 which player question for which player was taken at number 8 overall in the 2019 draft bloody hell I'm having a bad one um, you got it you got it in the bag you got it I even, oh, I can't think. Josh Allen. I hope it's Josh Allen. <laughs> Question five. How many penalty yards does an illegal forward pass incur? Illegal uh, forward pass. Five yards. Uh, name any team that co- former quarterback Kyle Orton played for in the NFL. Uh, Buffalo Bills. Uh, Question seven. Name either team that has appeared in the Super Bowl four times but never won it. Um... Ah, uh, no. So, um, Christ. Chiefs. Okay, question A. Which player had the most combined rushing and receiving touchdowns for Baltimore Ravens in 2018? It's going to be some rogue trick question. It's actually Lamar Jackson. <laughs> Uh, question nine: Which team in the NFC West have letters in their logo? Um. Oh yeah, Chiefs. Okay. Question ten: How many career rushing yards does Tom Brady have within fifty? Uh, r- rushing yards. Uh, I think it's something like one thousand and one. Okay. Stop the clock there. How do you think you did? I, I, that was awful. <laughs> that was legitimately <laughs> dreadful. We, we, we shall see. I think you're going to kick yourself at some of these. We started off, right, one out of one. Uh, Chicago, obviously home games at Soldier Field. I think that's going to host the first game this season, isn't it? Um, I think I think it's at Soldier Field, not at, at Lambeau uh, against the Packers there. Uh, question two, head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. Can you have another Can you have another think, if you remember? I, can't, I literally just had an absolute, I can't think. It's hard. Dan Quinn. Oh, Danny, that's, yeah. Danny Quinn. Uh, question three, Emmanuel Sanders, Denver Broncos is 10, not 18, unfortunately. And okay. Question, uh, question four, which player was taken at number eight? Can you remember, uh, you went Josh Allen, that was the Jags, weren't they? They were number seven. They took Josh Allen at seven. It was uh, Detroit with TJ Hawkinson. Oh, that was so annoying. <laughs> I, in my mind, I was trying to work it out and I thought it was Giants seven, Jags eight, yeah, but yeah. it must have been yeah. six, seven. yeah. Giants for the Giants oh. for the six. Um, not, that, not, that, not that we want to remember the uh, Giants pick at number six, but, uh, <laughs> no, but, no. but there we go. Uh, legal forward pass, of course, is a five-yard penalty. It's also a loss of down as well, but we don't need that. Kyle Orton, you had correctly identified as a Buffalo Bill quarterback. Uh, you can have Chicago, Denver, Kansas City, and Dallas. Um, don't think he actually played a game. Oh, he did. I think he came in for one or two games for Dallas. Um, question seven. Name either team that's appeared in the Super Bowl four times. It wasn't the Kansas City Chiefs. It's Minnesota Vikings. And he could have also had the Buffalo Bills there as well. Um, so they oh, n- oh, that's... I, I literally was looking at that about two weeks ago as well. <laughs> the Bills. Oh, that's so annoying. 
I think I think we mentioned that on the podcast last week as well, actually. So, um, yeah, there you go. Um, this this one was a, was a t- the toughie. I felt bad about putting this one in. The play- most receiving and uh, rushing touchdown for Baltimore Ravens uh, in 2018 it was Alex Collins, if you remember him. Alex. Alex. He Collins. is a dreadful player, I've got to say. Yeah, well, he's not there anymore, so that's probably why. Um, and if uh, which team in the NFC West? I think you went with AFC West. Uh, so oh, you've, you've had a bit oh. of a, had a bit of a mare there as well. So uh, San Francisco 49ers. But you got the you got the not too far off the last one career rushing yards for Tom Brady 1003. So just two off there. So uh, kudos to you on that one. That was a good answer. Uh, I got him with that the Chiefs one. I am absolutely devastated with that. Yeah. I missed out that one, but still I, I messed up. So. Yeah, two oh, two minutes and sure. six, and just just to say, just the four there, yeah, a couple of a couple of toughies in there, and uh, not not to be not to be on this occasion, but uh, appreciate you you coming on and uh, us giving you a bit of a fright there with the uh, with the clock. <laughs> <laughs> I like the clock element; that really uh, adds another terrifying level to it. I've got to say, it does. I'm I'm pretty sure we'll be bringing that back for uh, for for season two for the for the next round of, of questions. But uh, no doubt we'll uh, we'll get you to pick your brains once again. Maybe we get Tom on as well. I don't. Know. Um, <laughs> yeah, we need to get Tom on. Yeah. I think he needs to be put through this. He does indeed. Yes, it's like a, it's like a jigsaw, isn't it? In, in saw, it <laughs> it's it's some of those like the oh, some of them are so easy. If you if I'd really thought about it and had some time, but no. Yeah, I think I, you, I, I think I think the clock element uh, puts puts the willies up you a little bit, but, uh, but yeah, there we go. More more fun to enjoy next time around. Um, but yeah, but thanks for thanks for coming on, Sam. And uh, as I say all the best. Um, we're looking forward. I like enjoy listening to the podcast. Keep up the good work. Um, have, you, uh, have you had one this week? Uh, we've not. We've had a yeah. kind of little sort of summer hiatus. Yeah, yeah. Or spring hiatus, and we're uh, we're going to be back quite soon. I think in the next probably the next next few weeks. Okay, I shall. I shall look forward to that. And so, everyone out there, go and give that a listen to when that when that drops. Well, that's uh, head on a, a swivel podcast, H O A S podcast on the Twitter. But Sam, thanks for coming on, and we'll speak soon. Thank you very much. Bye. Oh. Okay, fourth down here on the full 10 yards and it's time to talk a fantasy football. We all play it. We all we all have our own favourite platforms. We all have our, our, our different leagues. But joining us now to talk about a platform that's, it's fair to say, muscling their way in on the big boys uh, and talk about why we should all move, move over to them. It's uh, Nan Wang, the CEO of Sleeper. Nan, big full 10 yards. Welcome to you. Uh, thank you, Tim. Really appreciate you having me on the podcast. I right, say, so, yeah, sleeper. Um, I, I will be honest. It's a, it's a new. Um, I've I've just joined a few uh, sleeper leagues over the last couple of months or so. Uh, new dynasty leagues, uh, which I know is a, is a new feature for sleeper, uh, which we'll get on to very shortly indeed. But yeah, I'm I'm a new user to sleeper this year, so I'm excited uh, to see uh, a, a breath of fresh air. I think to to the fancy land. Um, you know, the, the, you've, you've got all your ESPN, G Yahoo's, your NFLs, Flea Flicker, and all the rest of them. It's quite a saturated market to be fair. So I guess I guess the first question. Uh, is why, 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 what will Sleeper do differently to, to all the rest? Yeah, no, that's a great question, Tim. So to, to understand what we're trying to do at Sleeper, really have, we have to talk about the reason why we built it and the genesis of, of, of the company. And so my co-founders and I have been friends since we were five years old. And sports to us has been one of those things that has always been the glue that cemented our friendship. Um, despite living you know, in different parts of the world, we, we stayed in touch through our fantasy leagues, right? So I started playing in a league with my CTO over 15 years ago when we were still in college. And he invited me to join his dorm league. 
and roll forward 15 plus years and that league is still around with the same cast of characters. Mm -hmm. And so what we realized was that sports is inherently social yeah. and fantasy is really the epitome of that experience. It's a, it's a place for, you know, friends, college classmates, um, coworkers, family members to really find a way to enjoy sports together. Right. But the problem is every platform that we've used, we always had a disjointed experience where we would use um, a host to transact and to trade and to do all of the kind of stats and research, but we would all always have our conversation and all, all of our kind of hangouts outside of that platform. So it would be on email or iMessage, WhatsApp, you know, we, we've used, you know, the entire gamut of, of social media mm -hmm. as well as text-based software to really piece together that experience. The same thing happened with content. So like I would read articles on, you know, existing websites or see a highlight video that I wanted to share and it would be really, really hard for me to be able to do that because I'd have to copy a link, go into a group chat and share it to multiple friends who are in various different group chats mm -hmm. um, for us to enjoy it together and to talk about it. Yeah. So what Sleeper is at its core is it's actually it's a social app for sports. Everything we do has a messenger element tied to it, whether it's leagues or content. And the thesis is that we want to make sports more social, enjoyable and fun for you to hang out with your friends, your coworkers and your family members over. Um, so that's fundamentally what we're doing different, you know, uh, at, at a core level. Um, but what we're also doing is we're, we're using more modern tech. So we're, we're mobile first, mobile optimized. Uh, we're focusing a lot on, you know, better design, just really trying to innovate in a market that, yes, it is saturated with a lot of players, but really there hasn't been much innovation in the space in, in a long, long time, right? So uh, I would say there was like two really, really big innovations that happened in fantasy. One was the discovery of it, right? So back in the, I think it was like the early 80s or late 70s, people, you know, putting together, uh, you know, spreadsheets on paper to record stats yeah. uh, of, of their favorite players and then creating this category as a whole. Mm. Second big innovation was when, when Yahoo really brought it online um, and created a website for folks to really enjoy it, you know, in a digital media. Uh, since then, for season long, there hasn't been much. There's been a lot of Me Too products that have copied Mm -hmm. and focused on building out websites that offer, you know, like small variations and small modifications to the existing gameplay. But from an experiential perspective, there hasn't been a whole lot of change. Mm -hmm. And so here we are coming along and we realize that the, mid the biggest missing piece is social and that we have a tech team that really is, you know, I, I would say um, one of the folks that really, really put their ears to ground, ear ears to the ground and listen to users. And then we take user feedback and then use our uh, tech prowess to be able to execute on really new experiences for fantasy uh, football fans. Mm -hmm. And so what Sleeper wants to do is just to take that experience for the next 10, 15 years and be the platform that you guys choose to play on. Absolutely. And I suppose, you know, going with, uh, I suppose it gives you an edge that you were able to to kind of go from a mobile, mobile first option. And, you know, obviously everyone is attached to their phones these days and the social element is all, all through their phones, you know, not, um, whereas many of the other uh, competitors, if you like, were, digital first on, on laptop and then maybe try to morph something into an app where maybe some of them have, have fallen away. Did you find that that gives you a bit of an edge, that you, the, the sense that you've gone kind of mobile first and then um, kind of developed web as a secondary? Do you, do you feel that that's kind of a key a key selling point for, for Sleeper? Yeah, I, I think that's one of them, right? Like I think our biggest selling point is just kind of better technology and design. Yeah. yeah. And then secondarily, it'd be like social. And then third, it would be, I would say, uh, mobile. Mm -hmm. Mo mobile isn't isn't something that's just kind of dreamed into existence, right? So the complexity of building a good mobile app 
we really need to take into account like multiple operating systems, different types of devices, different screen sizes, you know, legacy, legacy phone platforms that may, may run on antiquated or old hardware. Yeah. So when you're designing a mobile app, there's probably like tens of thousands of permutations mm -hmm. um, that you need to account for. So it is a very tedious and arduous process to get right, yeah. which is why you don't see a lot of other players, um, you know, with strong mobile apps in the space, just because they don't have the know-how or the technical chops to be able to execute on it. Yeah. Um, but us deciding to do that really came out of, you know, how we found our enjoyment of sports uh, um, to, to, to be like the model of, of what we were building out. And the reality of it was that most of our engagement in our leagues was like, we would do a little bit of research on the website, but most of it was smack talk on our messaging platform, yeah. right? And it doesn't make sense for us to build a messaging platform that's desktop first, because, you know, if you're not at your computer, you're missing, you're missing your messages and that's not a good way to communicate. Right. Yeah. And so with that thesis in mind, it, it just made perfect sense for us to go mobile first, mobile optimized. Hmm. And what we're seeing now is like over 90% of our users are on, on mobile and not on web. Yeah. Right. It's just, it's just so much easier for them to access their leagues, do research, to chat all in one. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely agree. And I uh, just wanted to pick up on your point there about obviously all the different, um, you know, Android, iPhone and all the rest of it. Do you, do you th um, I feel that quite a lot of people take that for granted that it's just, you know, one one size fits all for, for all different uh, compat uh, compatibility for, for devices. Do you, do you find that that's probably the, the thing that users take most for gr uh, granted for the most? Because, you know, attention spans these days are getting less and less and people, you know, if they're going to spend... 10 to 20 to 30 seconds maybe waiting for something to load up um you know any any app i suppose on the store um do, do you feel that that's kind of taken for granted by by end users and the complexity actually behind it trying to make sure it's a seamless uh, transition you know from from android to iphone and, and all the rest i wouldn't say it was being taken for granted uh so my background i'm not, I'm not actually an engineer so coming onto the team and joining um my my colleagues it was something that I eventually realized and discovered as well. So it's not that it was taken for granted. It's just more that like we didn't, we weren't aware of this kind of stuff. Um, so I think the one thing that really, you know, I would emphasize is, is even with a small team though, what we try to do is we try to move as fast as we can to fix, you know, problems that people might have on even the fringe devices. So like we have, we have users from all over the world now. Mm -hmm. And what that means is we have folks on Huawei devices in China, well, folks that use Ericsson devices, um, you know, there's, there's multiple different platforms. And the way we try to triage and solve their problems is we open up our, you know, Twitter, our help desk and our intercom support. And we try to divide, uh, try to dive in and help problem solve at the unit level. Mm -hmm. um, and so what you'll see on, you know, our social media is despite having a team of only five engineers, we try to answer every single question that comes our way. And mm -hmm. Luckily, by doing that, we've built a really, really great community of folks who support us in our vision. Yeah. And so, if anything, I would just say, like, thank you. Thank you to everybody who's listening. Thank you for everybody who's using our platform. Just to have patience, yeah. right? Understanding that development takes time. We're a small team, and we're trying to do our best. And for the most part, I think everybody's been amazing. Mm -hmm. um, we get tons of support messages every single day of people just saying, hey, thanks, thanks for responding. Yeah. You know, I never get a response from anybody else in yeah. this space. Um, I, I hear that it might take an, a day or two for us to get this resolved, but uh, the fact that you guys are trying and you're listening to us makes me feel comfortable that the, there, there will be this level of support, you know, on an ongoing basis. And so 
that that's kind of how we combat it is or or not even combat it that's how we work with it mm -hmm. is just to try to be present and understand that people might have different experiences depending on you know where you are how your wi-fi connection is what your device is and we just try to solve as many as we can yeah, absolutely. And I suppose that, that's shown in you know the, the frequent and consistent you know ch uh, upgrades, if you like, and tweaks to to Sleeper. Um, are there any big big changes on the horizon uh, for for the platform at all? Yeah, yeah. So we're do we're doing a whole bunch of stuff. So even in the past six months, we rolled out Dynasty Leagues for the first time. Mm -hmm. um, that's been a huge hit because in the past people would have to pay for Dynasty features, and that would range from seventy five to one hundred and sixty bucks depending on what platform you were on and yep. uh and we're building a lot of those features and offering it for free yeah i don't think there's i mean it's not our place to really nickel and dime users and and what we think is if we build a good enough platform we'll find ways where users will support us in the long run so mm -hmm. that's our singular focus is to offer a good experience um we've done a lot on the on the redesign of the mobile app as well so completely new color schemes completely mm -hmm. new user interfaces and navigation and what we're doing there is really preparing the app to add more features around, you know, integrations, uh, in-app, in-game kind of features, more research, uh, positioning us to be able to roll out new sports uh, in the next 12 to 18 months. Yeah. Um, and just kind of uh, focusing on uh, performance optimizations as well to be able to handle, handle scaling and users because yeah. we're seeing just extremely rapid growth right now. Yeah. Um, you know, compared to last year, the same period, we're tracking at over 10x uh, user growth. So I think that's going to persist if we continue to double down on these features that matter. No. Um, and then finally, the, the thing that we're rolling out over the course of the summer is a um, is a completely revamped uh, game day experience. Um, I can't comment a whole lot about it because it's <laughs> coming out in a in about a month, but it will completely revolutionize how you interact. Uh, with play-by-plays and your uh, your opponents on game day, mm -hmm. it'll make it a lot more immersive, a lot more fun, a lot more gamified. Yeah. Um, and so that that I think will really really change how the market is. It, historically, if you if you think about fantasy, it's been entirely about just looking at static numbers, and occasionally those numbers will move up and down. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not it's not really fun, right? The game itself is fun, but staring at that screen is not fun. So we're <laughs> we're going to reimagine that experience to make it much more immersive. Yeah, absolutely. Even even this side of the pond uh, on, a, on a Sunday night, if I just sat there and just looked at the score and wait, wait, waiting for waiting for it to change. But so uh, yeah, I'm, I must admit, some of the features I do like on on Sleeper, the draft board is a, is a, is a good one with all the uh, the colours uh, for each team, and um, yeah, it is very very seamless uh, to go for between chats and, and obviously trading, especially if you're doing um, not necessarily a live draft, but like a, a slow draft where you've got eight hours where you can do trades. It's all, it's all very. Uh, I, I suppose that would have been a key a key driver when you were. Uh, uh, implementing those those kind of features as well, but when when you come up with, um, obviously people get in touch about you know potential improvements or if you you guys have projects, what how how um, when you when you do make changes, what's what's kind of a key driver or focus behind them? Is it all about end user or is it about you know these things? Will obviously take you know different uh, pro projects take different time and different costs. How how do you kind of battle um, changes that you want to make and how you, how you prioritize those? Yeah, that's a great question. It's a combination of top down and, and bottoms up. And top down is just we have a, a very clear vision of what we want the product to be. And what that is, is it's how do we make it more fun and social to hang out with your friends over fantasy football, right? If a feature adds to that, then it gets prioritized and pushed up the list, right? right? If, if it's meant to be enjoyed with other people and has the impact to be able to do that, that's, you know, like 
priority number one. And then from a bottoms up perspective, because we're conversing and listening to our users across all of our different channels, we take feedback and we prioritize that and we, we, we record it. So every time a feature gets sent in, we, we put it into like a histogram and it tells us, you know, which ones are most frequently asked for, which one actually has an impact on, on multiple leagues instead of being kind of a fringe one-off request. Mm-hmm. And then we marry those two subsets together to try to figure out, you know, from a resource and a time perspective, what's feasible, yeah. right, for to accomplish in, in, in a season. For the stuff that we can squeeze in in the current season, we try to do all of it. Mm-hmm. For the stuff that takes longer time to gestate, we'll, we'll kind of work on it slowly and we'll work on it, work on it in, the, in the off season. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and so that's kind of how we think about it. But I would say like a lot of the things we do, we also try to think about it in terms of not what exists, but what could be better. Right? So like the draft board is an example of, of, um, of, of, of a feature on Sleeper that really nobody else offers. Right? Mm-hmm. So every other app or website basically asks you to kind of go through a list view to, yeah. to do your draft, right? Yeah. Um, and it behaves more like an Excel spreadsheet than it does kind of a graphical visual draft board. Mm-hmm. And so we're like, why, why is that? Why can't we build something um, that allows people to contextually view all of, the, all of the picks in their league, be able to color code it so that they can look at positional analysis right off the bat, uh, be able to trade picks pretty easily just by clicking into a square and then having commissioners be able to fix things on the fly. Yeah. Right. All of these were challenges that previously I think people thought were undoable. And we were like, no, let's think about a way to unlock that. Yeah. Right. Just even the draft board concept, people were like, why would you ever do that? It won't fit on a mobile screen. I was like, well, we could create, you know, um, an algorithm that pans and it follows you as you draft. Yeah. Right. And then we can auto center if you need to click on it. Um, and so there's different things that we've just kind of experimented with over time, but it's always driven by this hunger and this desire to innovate and to push push product forward mm-hmm. and to just offer a better experience. Yep. The same thing's going to happen with game day in about a month. Yeah, and just talking about bit about innovation there as well. Obviously, fantasy football's um, changed quite rapidly over over the last couple of years in terms of you know tight end premium scoring and super flex leagues and all, and all the rest. Of it. Do you find that that's quite a that was quite a key feature that um, you know, because as far as I'm concerned, sleep is quite very, very much customizable. Um, whereas you know some other previous like NFL and, and maybe some other platforms as well maybe aren't as as uh, loose to be able to muck around with with that kind of thing. Was that was that quite an important factor for for sleeper to be customizable to to attract people um, over over from from other platforms? Um, yeah, I think I think that was part of it. I I would say customization for us isn't just like blanket customization mm. it's customization based on what users value yeah right so an example of a customization we didn't do was like somebody asked for uh the ability to have 200 team leagues <laughs> right and uh, that's like a one-off request that yeah that is customization but we we're like okay the impact of that type of a feature really is probably quite limited mm-hmm. right and it doesn't really advance the goal of making you know, fantasy more accessible, social, or fun. And so that's a little bit lower on the priority for us to work on. It's not to say we won't eventually build it, but in terms of customizations, we need to prioritize, um, you know, the types of customizations that we offer. Because there's a balance, right? The more customizable your platform becomes, the less approachable it is for somebody setting up a new league. Right? So imagine a first-time player for, for fantasy football jumping in and now having to deal, instead of just choosing between PPR standard and uh, half PPR, 
um, and a couple of roster positions now having to go through a uh, hundred different decisions, yeah. right. To set up their league. Does that help the person who's creating that infinitely customizable league? Yes. Right. It absolutely does. But does it hurt the 99 other people who are trying to just really find a place to set up their leagues in under 30 seconds yeah. and offer, you know, the 95% of customizations that most people want. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's kind of how you have to think about the balance of, of feature build outs. And so, while we do try to build as many customizations as we can, there are certain ones that we will never build just because it, it adds too much complexity to the onboarding experience and to the, to the first time user experience. No, that, that's fair enough. And so you, you mentioned obviously the, the rapid growth that you guys have experienced uh, over the recent months and, and year or so. Um, do, you, do you see much penetration outside of the US? And you know, are there any other kind? I assume it's, it's very well received here in the UK, and I know for sure. And maybe you can give me some numbers. But are there any uh, other, maybe other countries? I, I assume Canada would be pretty, uh, would pretty be high on, high on the list as well. But um, are you seeing good, yeah. good penetration around, around the world? Yeah, I've been, I've been really surprised. So we look at our analytics data and uh, the U.S. obviously is our biggest market. Uh, Canada is our second biggest, which makes sense. The U.K. is the third biggest market and then Brazil is the fourth. Mm. And so we're starting to go international. We're finding pockets of fans, you know, uh, that in places we would have never expected. Right. And, and Brazil has been the biggest surprise for us. Actually, the U.K. makes a little bit of sense because uh, the NFL has done some games over in, in the UK, you know, the last couple of years, just to try to build its brand. Yeah. But to have like the number of users we do in Brazil was was quite shocking to me. Mm. Um, and I think we're going to continue to expand and have more of an international presence. So, uh, in twenty, what is this twenty nineteen right now? So in twenty twenty, um, we're planning to roll out or start start rolling out basketball and EPL leagues as well. Right. Oh, okay. And so that that will really really help in terms of just kind of pushing the sleeper brand into europe and into asia mm. yeah e- epl th- yeah epl is uh, very very popular over here so that'd be interesting to see how much penetration you can you can get there because the um the premier league one they do is, is pretty well pretty well followed so it'd be interesting to see the penetration uh, you you get on there so um just before we get you out of uh, of here now just a couple of uh, listener questions for you that I, I wish to pose a couple of your your social media site actually answered a few for, for them as well and i have to say as well um kudos to your to your social media team they're very good at uh, interacting and I've, I've noticed as well some some tweets over the last uh, couple of days and, and weeks as well trying to um, encourage engagement if you like in conversation as well so I, I assume that that was um, that's, that's a plan obviously of, of you guys to engage and uh, you know start conversation uh, which is what you guys obviously are, are, the visions all, is all about so um, but yeah first first question just here from from Jack Humphrey from uh, at Jack, Jack Humphrey uh, KM just any any plans for developmental leagues uh, best ball uh, from from an NFL uh, standpoint um that's a good question jack i think best ball will have to take a look at uh in terms of just the rate of adoption and the number of requests we receive for it It, it's definitely something that's been brought up internally in the team and we've we're considering it actively um i can't i can't promise it'll be built in the next year but it's it just really depends on if that market grows to a size where it warrants kind of investment in and one of the things we're looking at is just how other platforms are, are, are investing into that space sure. and whether or not that sustains or not. So 
So to to answer your question, I guess uh, it'll really it'll really depend on if there's other features that are prioritized above it mm-hmm. based on user requests. Right, that's fair enough. And uh, he, he has uh, he, he currently says he has twenty four leagues with you, uh, with with Sleeper. So um, yeah, fair to, fair to say he's uh, he's hardcore. But he also asked the question: um, is is there any way that you can on on when you swipe to from left to right when all your leagues come up? Is there any way that you can maybe prioritize leagues or have like a ranking so that like the more important leagues are at the top, or is it just a, a case of a list uh, as and when you join them or uh, just, he just wants to know if you can prioritize leagues or if there's any ap- 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 um, appetite to do that yeah absolutely jack that that's a feature that's uh that's on our priority roadmap actually and we've we've heard quite a few people request that i can imagine having 24 leagues how just sorting will be such a pain in the butt for you to, to navigate to the ones that you actually care about and so that that's something that we can commit to mm. It impacts almost everybody on the platform, and so it's a it's a big enough feature that warrants investment in. Interesting. There you go, Jack. I uh, hope you're happy. Um, Neil Elliott at Neil Elliott on Twitter. Uh, he, he asked about uh, a scoring system about IDP. Um, uh, uh, he said, can you put an, in a good IDP scoring setup as a standard so d- top defensive players are on par with a wide receiver two, wide receiver three? Now, I know that's quite a granular question, so um, I d- could expand that out a little bit in terms of, you know, um, tight end premium leagues and super flex leagues, but do, do you have like any stats on which leagues are more popular than others, like standard half point PPR, PPR and IDP leagues at all? Yeah, so I, I do. So PPR is the most popular scoring format for us. Um, and it's the same across, I think, most of the most of the sites out there. Um, redraft leagues are, are, are more popular than keeper and dynasty leagues, although keeper and dynasty leagues are, are growing at a much faster rate. Right. Uh, uh, snake draft leagues, I would say, are like 85% of leagues in the market, 15% being auctioned. So that's that's an area we'll probably invest in, is building out auction capabilities in the future, um, just because it, it's it's kind of a big enough feature that it captures a, a, a decent amount of users um, uh, and, and their needs. And so that's probably what we'll do. On the IDP side, um, IDP is growing pretty fast, but it's still a re- relatively small subset. I would say like less than two percent of our leagues are IDP leagues at the moment. Okay, but it's a I, I tried an IDP league myself last year and it was pretty fun to play. Mm-hmm. And so there's there's some investment that we'll we'll be putting into IDP leagues as well. That's fair enough. On, on the specific question on granular scoring, um, we do allow you to kind of go in and 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 customize the point values for uh, different positions. We haven't yet um, built in the ability to like uh, segment individual positions so like right now everything's lined up uh uh grouping as either like a defensive back or a linebacker and there isn't like a middle linebacker outside linebacker that's something we can explore as a team so i'll have to discuss that as a feature um internally Okay, there you go. Hope, Neil, hopefully that answered your, your question a little, a little bit there. But Nan, um, just I say we've, we've run over a tiny bit there, but uh, that's it's all it's all good when we're talking fantasy football. So, do, do you play? I know you said about your 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 league that's been going 15, 16 years. Do you play in a lot of leagues yourself, or is it just the one or two leagues you play? Um, I used to play in a lot. Now I only play in two leagues, and the reason is because we try to spend uh, as much of our time supporting other users now, yeah, and building features and and being being around on game day to help people kind of as much as possible. And so we've had to kind of whittle down the number of leagues we play ourselves uh, just to de- dedicate and devote more time to, to the community and to the product. 
Um, but my leagues that I'm in are pretty, pretty competitive. So I play in one with the sleeper team and then I play in the other one with my co-founder and his friends that that's been going for quite a while. Um, the hope is, you know, once we, once we are able to grow and add more firepower and resources to the team that I'll be able to add, a, add another league or two back into my uh, repertoire. <laughs> Absolutely. You can have it. Yeah. It's a, the old adage, you can never have too many fancy football leagues. Just ask Jack, who's currently got 24. And yeah, Jack, that, that's insane. And kudos to you, man. Yeah. Like, I don't know how you balance it. I should probably ping you for advice at some point. <laughs> uh, you probably do enough research for all of us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Well, I say very much a breath of fresh air to, to the fantasy football community and, and, the, and the world. So no doubt we, we'll have our listener leagues on, on sleepers well and we're always happy to, to promote you guys and i really appreciate you coming on just to give you a bit of you know peel back the curtain a little bit behind you know what goes into making an app and the idea and um, you know it's not it's not as easy as just you know having an idea and then putting it putting it down a lot of time and effort goes into it so now thank you for, for coming on and, and talking that all through it with us uh, thanks for having me tim and i uh, just want to leave by saying thanks to all the full 10 yards listeners um who support sleeper and for those who haven't tried i, I hope you guys give us a shot uh, we, we're a really small team, but you know, we're passionate about the space and we're passionate about the community we've built. And you, you mentioned our social media presence. Um, feel free to reach out, out to us on Twitter. Just think of us as friends. Like we're, we're literally the people you probably grew up with who love sports just as much as you. We sit in our living rooms and we watch the games on Sunday as well. And so if you've got an idea or a feature or a question, just feel free to ping us. We're here to help. Yeah. That's right. And the, the Twitter handle is at, at sleeper HQ, isn't it? That's right. Yeah, that's good. Okay, uh, Nan, thank you, thank you once again for for coming on and say we're, we're, I'll, I'll, if any feedback I have, say I'm a, I'm a new new user to to Sleeper, I'll be sure to to pass them on to you. But thanks uh, once again for for coming on. Please do. Thanks, guys, and have a great one. There you have it, Nan from Sleeper. Uh, all about go go and check that out if you haven't done so already. Uh, new and uh, yeah, new and improved every day. The uh, the app there, but um, that pretty much does it for the full ten yards podcast. Boys, was a, it was a good one talking second year players there and say uh, in 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 a time where it's all it's all quiet and in the in the off season we need to kind of whet our appetites every every day and uh, from fantasy and NFL as well. And again, not not many not much news to talk about. So and a lot of love on the podcast today as well. Apart from yeah. the Dallas hating, of course, you couldn't couldn't go a podcast without getting that. <laughs> we had to bring the level down don't, somehow. Don't we can't agree on everything. No. Honestly, don't hate Dallas. You do. No, I mean, me you know, I've got them in the middle of the rankings where they deserve to be. I mean, it'll be interesting when we get our quarterback power. Well, 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 yeah. where they deserve to be. I and mean, look, even snipe, like sniping that comment in there as well. I, I, <laughs> I, I heard it. I heard it. <laughs> Let's get some QB power rankings, and then we all get some hate. QB powering and indeed, yeah, we uh, we I need, I need to do I need to finish off my stats actually as well. Um, don't don't think I uh, fancy the fifty two hours that uh, that Rob's done. Maybe I'll I'll try and do it a bit quicker than that. I wouldn't I, I wouldn't recommend it to anybody. No, um, it's it's quite the drag to be quite honest. But I love doing it, so, uh, <laughs> so yeah. Um, now it's done. I just have to amend it every month, which is fine. That'll take about ten hours a month to do that. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so okay. yeah, that's it. That'll, that'll be up by the time you listen to this. Go and check that out. Go and check out our competition as well. Last couple of days left on, on that. And make sure you're also checking out all our articles. As I say, pick it apart, get to the business end. Uh, fantasy articles will be starting to come out thick and fast as well. Maybe. Uh, and again, I need to put our power rankings up on there. But so uh, yeah, get in touch with us on Twitter at Full Ten Yards. You can get me at, at Tim underscore Monk eighty five, Lee at Wakefield ninety, and Rob at FF Britballer. But that's going to do it for today's podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to check out our uh, special podcast on Friday, all with Nat Coombs. Good little chat there, me, Lee, and Nat uh, having a good little good old chin wag. But that's going to do it for this week. So uh, in the meantime, we'll speak to you next week. It's goodbye from Rob. 
goodbye. It's goodbye from Lee. See you on the side, everyone. I definitely thought that Rob was going to t- steal my thing after last week. I was prepared to do it. <laughs> no, I'm going to wait until you're not prepared and I'm not going to bag it in there. <laughs> and it's goodbye from me. I hope you enjoyed the show. We'll speak to you next week in the great words of Kevin Cadle. It's a bye-bye for now. A bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter at Full 10 Yards or email the show full10yards at gmail.com.